I'm, I'm constantly saying, I can't afford that. And my husband, he, he gets quite annoyed and he says, can you stop telling people we can't afford things? We can afford things. <laughs> he just thinks that I'm making us out to be paupers. Hi, welcome to episode 11 of Art Juice, behind the scenes conversations about making art and the creative life with me, Louise Fletcher. And me, Alice Sheridan. So we have all sorts of good stuff for you this week. We're going to talk about investing in ourselves with time and money. We have a great question about gallery relations. But first, let's dive into what we're working on this week. So Alice, what's this week held for you? Well, I'm going to come on to um, something exciting a little bit at the end with what's impressed. But um, I was a bit nervous on Monday because I had uh, my couple who have commissioned a painting from me come to see and have a look and give their feedback. And I've been working on two paintings and... I, it's very interesting always to watch somebody's face when they're reacting to this because I think you get more from that than you do necessarily in the words that they say. So yeah, I was quite nervous because a little bit of me is expecting that they're going to say, do you know what, we don't like any of it, we want to change our mind. <laughs> um, but now I've got some guidance as to um, how to finish them, but that's also quite a difficult stage because you're being aware of somebody else's wishes for it and how that matches with your own so that's my art working on this week and was it positive was it a positive experience yes it was I mean I think it's fascinating and I think they are enjoying it as well from a point of view of being involved and seeing how things develop and they're very thoughtful they're both very thoughtful and quite different personalities from each other. And because I've been working on two, it was interesting to see how they responded to both of them. And there was one that I thought was more clearly um, online with what they'd asked for. And actually, they quite liked the other one as well, which surprised me a little bit. And then I also showed them another one the same size that I'd been working on totally alongside nothing to do with their brief the colors are incredibly off and I said you just might be interested to see this that I've been doing at the same time and they had quite a strong reaction to that as well positive reaction to that right um I think just because it was it's perhaps even freer I don't know so I I do find that I do find the commission process fascinating but quite emotionally um not draining's the wrong word a little is a bit stressful for me yeah it's not something I've ventured into for that exact reason that I just feel like I wouldn't cope very well so <laughs> I'm just yeah. staying away from it I mean I think maybe if it's something that your that your process is a little bit more predictable it's easier uh, and it just doesn't work quite so well with the way it, it, it feels like it takes so much longer yeah yeah, I can imagine. So for me this week, I'm finishing up uh, my, my course, Find Your Voice. It's the very last week. And I was just thinking about this morning. So there's a lot of work to do finishing up because I want to make sure everybody gets some attention and everybody has learned a lot. And I was thinking I've been teaching this. Well, it's actually five months because I taught a different course before this. 
and they both came into being in November when I had the original idea. And ever since November, I've been working on either creating content, teaching content, following up on the content that I've taught, doing live streams, creating more content. And in hindsight, doing the second course, I, I originally launched a course, it went well and people asked for more. And I am a bit of a people pleaser. So I was like, okay, I'll do, you know, I'll do more. And I came up with something and it seems to have gone really well. And I'm pleased with the content I came up with. But it was a lot of work to pile on top of the first one. So even though I feel like I'm going to miss everybody because we've now been on this journey together for like five months with a break in between, I am so excited that it's going to be done. And I'm kind of, it's almost, and with spring coming, it's like this is a new season. And so the way I'm looking at it is I'm taking some time off until probably August or September before I launch anything else. I'll go back and do that course again and just going to have that time for myself for painting and writing and stuff. So it's exciting. It's a funny thing, isn't it? How we think we have a certain amount of time and then busy periods come along and we manage to fill it and get almost sometimes superhuman amounts of work done. Yeah. And then when those things go, all of a sudden there's loads of time left and somehow we still can't get everything <laughs> completed that we need to. You know, yeah, when I'm busier, I, often I get more done than when I have endless amounts. Of yeah, time. I, I found my least productive days are the ones where I wake up and say, oh, I've got all day to do whatever, yeah. you know, pain or they're, they're the days where I seem to drift around making extra cups of tea and wandering about. Whereas when I've got 15 things to do, all 15 get done. So anyway, very exciting and time for a change. Let's move on to our main topic. This is a really good one, I think. Um, this is a topic that Alice suggested, and I just instantly thought, yes, everybody needs to listen to this one. Everyone needs to talk about this because I think it's something that many of us struggle with. So the idea, and I'll let Alice explain, is uh, we want to talk about investing in ourselves. So tell me what you mean, Alice, by investing in ourselves. It is a strange topic and it's one of those ones like, you know, money and politics you never discuss, but perhaps that's why it does need to be discussed. Um, I think the whole idea of investing in yourself, it, it depends what level you're coming from. And for me, I was working at home on my own and making art kind of started as a hobby. and it's quite easy to get stuck in that mindset and not level up accordingly when you need to because you're still feeling like you're stuck on level one. But all the things that have happened have come as a result of some kind of jump that I've taken before I feel ready to take it. Whether that is um, taking an online course or investing in a bulk load of framing in advance where you're not sure where the sales are going to coming from, whether it is buying larger canvases at the stage where you're not quite sure that you can even do big paintings. All of these things require you to make that commitment to something in advance when you're not entirely sure of what the outcome is going to be. 
Yeah, and they require you to make a commitment to yourself, to believe in yourself enough to think spending the money will be worthwhile. So when you were talking, I was thinking when I started, um, it, oh, I had a full-time job and this was painting was something to do on the side and everything I spent on my art felt like spending, not investing. So I wouldn't, uh, uh, taking courses felt like a luxury, like going on holiday, not, not a business investment in the sense that I think of it now. And that's, that's absolutely, I think that that is totally fine. If you're doing it for pure enjoyment and you want to take courses or go away for a week and paint and you're just going to do it because you love it and you enjoy it. Absolutely nothing wrong with that at all. Um, but the other way of thinking about it, the idea of investing, I mean, normally we talk about investing and we're talking about, we are talking about saving and money and finances and you invest because you want to get a certain return on something. You know, you, you're not just putting money in a way and, and forgetting about it. You're putting it away in the hope that it grows and it gives you a bigger return. So whenever there's something that I consider to be one of those sort of slightly scary, gulpy financial investments, I always ask myself the question, you know, what do I want to get back from this? And if it is money that's an issue, and it isn't always money that's the issue, sometimes it's, it's a deeper mental block about what levels you're expecting yourself to grow through personally in order to get the results of what it's promising but financially I always ask well what do I want to get back from this in order for it to have been valuable for me and I can set that for myself as a challenge you know if I'm going to buy a big level um, coaching program and I've just invested with in somebody for, with that for a year what do I want to get out of it so that this sort of pays me dividends? And those dividends can be in money, but they don't have to be. Those dividends could be in personal growth, in enjoyment of what you're doing, just expanding your knowledge and the contacts you make. There can be all sorts of things that come back, but it, it does come to this initial, are you ready to do this or are you going to stay where you are? I think... And I, I do, I was thinking while you were talking, do I always work out whether it's going to pay off? And I do, definitely, because I've turned down, I've said no to things that I just can't see that they're going to pay me back as much as I'm going to put in, whether that's money or some other way. But I've, I've, what I've found in the last couple of years is so much of it for me is intuitively knowing if it's the right thing to invest in. And... So how does that come up for you? How do you recognize that? So I was thinking, it's just this, how do, we, how do you know? You just know. It, it, sometimes you're talking yourself into something or, or talking yourself out of something. There's a thought process that's going on. But sometimes you just know. Yeah, I think sometimes you just know that you want it. Yeah, yes, do it. that's it. You know that yeah. you want to do it. And you have to trust, and I think this is where it's like painting, you have to trust that that knowing is coming from somewhere that you don't understand yet. Last year, I invested in quite an expensive art program, and I just knew that was the right thing for me, and I knew why. So that was fairly straightforward. Intuitively, I knew, and I knew why, because I want to develop my art, and I feel like this will be the answer. But then towards the end of last year, you held a retreat at your house um, and I didn't 
originally think I was going to come to it because I couldn't see how it was going to pay off. I didn't understand really what it was or what I was going to get out of it. However, I had this really clear intuitive knowing about a week before that I had to come, that it yeah. just was, I, I've not, I don't know if I've ever had anything that clearly telling me that I had to do something like that, but I came and as a result of that, a direct result of that weekend, my entire life has changed. Like my, apart from the fact I haven't got divorced, um, everything else has changed. All of that came about because I trusted this feeling that I should do it without necessarily being able to say why it was going to pay off. How much of that do you think is in the decision-making process or the gut-feeling process up front? which is almost more of just a recognition that you're ready for something new. It's almost like it's that made tangible. That's the thing that makes the difference. You, you know that there's something that you're stuck about, or you know that there's something you want to move forward on, or, um, but you just don't know yet how you're going to be there. So this thing that I'm doing is um, a lady and she's all about um, launches and I mean, okay, I've got the membership club, but I don't want to do like loads of big launches. But I am interested in learning about the ways that that can happen because I think I'm going to be able to work on it in terms of ways that maybe I can share my painting. So I'm going to have to twist it slightly. But underneath all of that, I don't know if she's going to have all of the answers, but it's a way for me to say, I'm ready to do something that's different I'm ready to um, put myself in a position where I'm going to have to figure out some different answers I'm not going to expect somebody else to have all the answers for me but I'm ready for whatever this next thing is yet yes. are we saying the same thing yes I think we are that there's there's and sometimes like I say you know so the thing that set me off on changing everything was actually two years ago and it was a two-day workshop close to my house with a Yorkshire artist called Leslie Birch. If Leslie runs any workshops, people go because she's really good. And um, what was so, I knew, I didn't know I was looking to get into acrylics when I saw her, her course advertised, but all of a sudden I was like, oh, that, that's what I need. But if I, but it wasn't as though I had said, you know what I need to do? I need to find a course about acrylics and then I need to research all the courses because whenever I've tried to do that, that's when it hasn't really yeah. worked well. So it's that old saying, which I'm probably butchering about when the time's right, the teacher will appear. But it really is that that seems to happen. And I think you make a good point too, in that it doesn't always have to be big things. I mean, I you you're talking about a big course I'm talking about a big course because that's that's often the way that things are done now but it the same thing applies to deciding to pay a submission fee for an online art competition that's a form of investing in yourself too and yeah you could argue that it hasn't paid back if you don't get in or you haven't been chosen or you don't win the artist prize but saying yes to those kind of opportunities and going out of your way to look for them and find them or react to them when you see them is just as much part of investing in yourself and taking yourself seriously and I think so often we're actually really prepared to invest 
time in something and spend a lot of our time working at things the hard way and maybe this is me maybe this is just me and and my money (laughs) issues but it's for me maybe it's easier to spend the time and work a lot out myself than it is to justify spending money on something and perhaps that's because I spent you know a long time at home with children feeling like I didn't have any income that I was contributing so it didn't feel like my money to spend not that my husband ever said it like that but I think I think that can be a big issue for some people yeah and actually I don't think it's necessarily just you and that situation because I um I had my own business I made my own money I still felt guilty about spending it on paints and canvases and things when I wasn't selling anything to pay it back because it felt like, cause my husband doesn't spend much money on himself. He very rarely spends anything on himself. So I was the one, you know, that was draining the resources with my expenditure on that stuff. But that's a perfect example. That's an investment in your own happiness. At the time, I wasn't even trying to sell anything. So, but it was just an investment in me not going insane that I was able yeah. to do that. It's, it's crazy, isn't it? I mean, you know, you can spend money on holidays or people spend money on hobbies that have no return other than just the fact that they want to do it and enjoy doing it. Yeah. And there's kind of, there's two stages, isn't there? there there's There's the enjoyment stage and then there's the business investment stage i mean i'm having a discussion at the moment with somebody about getting a va i don't even know what a va is oh i've got one i can help you with that but i've got one for my other business not for our oh okay talk (laughs) talk to me about that because that's something that i'm finding really not hard to justify at the moment and i know what it is it's because it feels like it's this next jump and i'm not sure if i'm ready for it or if i even want it Yeah. yeah Yeah. Maybe that's the thing. Maybe it comes down to do you it's as simple as do you even want it? Yes or no? Yeah, because sometimes I mean when I was selling my courses, sometimes people would ask would ask me lots of questions about the course and I could tell they were trying to talk themselves into mm. it because everyone else was saying yes in their little group. They felt like they should be saying yes. And so they kept asking questions there's a there's an asking questions where you can tell the person does want to do it and they're just nervous but there's Mm -hmm. a type of asking questions which is really they're just saying should I and some of the people that were asking me were were way beyond the capability level that needed to do my course they just felt like they should be doing Mm -hmm. I should be doing something so um so yeah if you do if you that's where I come back to the knowing because if you if you're having to talk yourself into something it might just be that you don't want to not that you feel guilty about it but it's that if you if you're not doing something because you think it's not going to pay off the problem is with that decision making process is you can't know if it's going to pay off until you've done it and so you're trying to make a decision with a mind that's not capable of making that decision because it's not seeing the results yeah so you're living in the past you is making a decision on what the future you will do does that make sense or am I getting to I'm getting a bit yeah it does make sense I mean I think I think what you're doing in those situations is you're trying to make a logical decision about something that actually is very often an emotional decision and maybe we think we need to do that more when it comes to money things 
maybe that's the point maybe we think money should be logical yeah and actually sometimes it's what money can get you access to and that's quite an emotional thing and I don't think I've made I think all of the big leaps I've made have been because of some investment sometimes yeah. small sometimes large but there's always been an investment there I mean it's it's an investment when you go online and you order a bunch of art materials quite frankly isn't it quite a big one sometimes mm. <laughs> seems to be getting bigger you're just you're just buying bigger pots of paint now I know I know and using more of it but that's a funny thing as well I remember that being a huge thing um moving up in terms of amounts of paint I was using and it felt like such a huge thing to do at the time and totally unjustifiable and something that I completely wasn't ready for but actually it just becomes part of your new norm and I don't worry so much when I'm actually when I've actually got the paint and I'm squirting it out in great huge lumps I'm not thinking at all at that point about how much it cost no I think about it when I order it but yeah. I'm not thinking about it when I use it. So there are two different situations, aren't there? There's the making the decision about it and then the, the what you're going to happen when whatever this investment is going to allow you to do that becomes a, a thing with its own life afterwards. Maybe you've just got to kind of get through the gate a bit. But that you said something interesting online the other day about this subject, which has really had me thinking a lot because I, I have a lot of, issues around money in my own head and you you were saying that your attitude to investing in yourself is often reflected in your attitude to other people investing in your work mm. and I think that's really interesting for people to think about who are listening whether they're the same as me because what I realized when you said that is yes my concept of investing in any kind of big thing for myself I always feel guilty about it. And I think I'm, I'm constantly saying, I can't afford that. And my husband, he gets quite annoyed and he says, can you stop telling people we can't afford things? We can afford things. <laughs> he just thinks that I'm making us out to be paupers. But what I mean by can't afford is I, I'm not willing to, yeah. to spend that much money on that. I, yeah. I, don't, I don't mean I have limitless money because I don't, but everything's a choice, isn't it? We can yeah. make sacrifices here or there. And, um, but that attitude, my attitude to money, directly then translates to when I think about selling my work and pricing my work, I've got limits on that based mm -hmm. on what I think someone else would be willing to invest. Yeah. And it's all my own issue. Yeah. And, and that's the point about making kind of step changes and things because gradually bit by bit you change your own thinking about it and what other people might expect from you as well I mean I, I, I remember when my boundary was a 600 pound painting and I couldn't possibly conceive that anybody would pay more than 600 pounds for a painting yeah <laughs> and currently that's the smallest one I have I used to do this exercise when I used to do training years ago I used to say I can't remember what the course was but we used to ask people we used to make statements to the group yeah. like um Joe smokes too many cigarettes and then we'd say how many cigarettes does Joe smoke and it would be anywhere from two a day 
to 40 a day. And, oh, wow. That's um, a really good way of doing it. So-and-so has a lot of money. How much do they have? Shocking yeah. what people will answer to that question. Yeah. And once you realize that, that comes, but, but that's kind of off topic, except it's not in the sense that if you have a problem investing in yourself, I truly believe you probably have a, also have a problem giving your own work enough value. Yes, I, I, I think you're right. And I think also you're right in terms of, and this is something I'm still learning, is catching how you talk to yourself about things and the language that you use around things because that then feeds directly back into the kind of truth that you're building yourself around what's possible for you. And I don't really know a better way to express, express it than that. But all, all I know is that I'm, you know, when I'm on Facebook, sometimes you write a comment or, or you might immediately write a comment to something. And then, then you realize that actually you've said something that may or may not be true it's perhaps your belief about it or you're defining the issue in a certain way because of the way that you've written about it or the way that you've spoken about it and it's easier to do when you're writing and when you're speaking because when you when you speak it comes out the way it comes out and you you usually don't have that time to stop and filter if I slowed down a little bit more perhaps I would <laughs> but when you're writing you can kind of see what your beliefs are and catch them and then think, actually, uh, that's not the belief that I actually want to live within. I'm going to slightly change that. And sometimes it's a question of realizing that you use certain types of words. Like there's somebody that um, I know, and she said she never uses the word work because it makes her feel like everything is hard work. So she chooses other words to describe what she's going to be doing that day. Now, you may or may not have hang-ups about the word work, or it might have totally different personal associations for you. But I think catching yourself in whatever phrase that you want to use, whether it's about how you choose to spend your time or your money, which is often really what we're talking about here, understanding where your decision-making process is coming from, and just challenging yourself on it a little bit. And if you come to the conclusion that, no, this is something that's not relevant to me or I don't want to do that's fine move on with your life yeah. into something else that you do want to do so do you have some questions then if something comes up for you and you think yeah I could basically I could do this or I could not do it so we have the I could afford this or I cannot afford it is one thing yeah and there are different ways of dealing with that sometimes it's a straightforward option but usually there are different ways that you could work money or not choose to spend on certain things for a month. I mean, I spend no yeah. money on clothes. I spend no money on clothes whatsoever. And then about once every maybe 10 months, I go shopping and I buy a few things. I know some people buy clothes regularly each month. No, I, I, I choose not to, but I, I was thinking whether I could afford something. And then I thought, actually, you know what? I go out for a meal at least twice a week. That's, quite a bit of money I don't have to spend there's there there are places that I can cut back if I needed to but uh, but like you I don't buy any clothes and I don't really buy anything for myself except paint stuff okay here's another question then that might be quite fun um what do you spend money on that is a pure treat and a luxury and you do it happily just because you love it and paint's not allowed is there anything eating out okay Putting my dog in daycare. 
because he okay. loves it. It's a treat for him. He loves it. Oh, that's just for that's just for fun. Um, yeah, it doesn't have to be just for you, but something that is maybe superfluous to requirements. But you yeah, do. we we do things around the house. We we and neither of us is handy, so we have somebody do things around the house. We call somebody, so we have we have decorating done. We've made little improvements throughout the house. Those are not necessary. It's a perfectly nice house. Okay, so I have, and both of these, interestingly, started as a kind of January, let's, because I hate January. Um, one of them was having fresh flowers delivered. Mm-hmm. And they come every other week or every week if I forget to cancel it. <laughs> Um, and I love those and I love the surprise when I open the box and I don't know what's inside and I justify it as saying it's really good value compared to going to buy them from the flower stall and they last ages they last for ages and ages because they're so fresh and the other thing is I go for a regular facial now because I very good I'm not sure how much difference it makes to my face, but I actually love the process of it and falling asleep. And that started as a, I'm going to book two or three of these. And then I just thought, no, what the heck, I'm going to do this every month. And now it's just become part and parcel. See, I don't like people touching me. So that would be strangers touching me. But I do, I was thinking, I have cleaners come in and that's a huge luxury because I hate cleaning. Um, and it's totally not necessary so that's a luxury and I buy books whenever I want them I I remember a time when I didn't have enough money to buy books whenever I wanted them and Mm. when I'd have to go to a second-hand bookshop and see if I could find things with beginning of my working life when we were really trying to scrimp and save so that feels like a luxury to me when I was a student I had a little notebook and I used to write down in this little notebook everything that I spent because I had to watch what I was spending so carefully and check it check it all up and that stayed with me for a long long time when I was a student I had uh, I was doing my budget one day one weekend at home and my mum used to give me a little bit of money Uh, it was in the days of grants and parents didn't have to contribute but she used to give me a little bit and she saw my list and it said uh at the top was cigarettes because I used to smoke like a chimney cigarettes and then beer and literally and then uh, going out and then I had sausages and potatoes on the list. and Lou rolled right at the bottom yeah, and she stopped giving me money <laughs> she said right that's it you're not having any more money the one other question I have about this is what is the relation because I think there's a strong relationship between investing in yourself and believing in yourself. Mm. So I think mm. if you if you have have self belief or self worth, even if you if you value yourself, then you'll be willing to make what you feel are investments. If you doubt yourself or really have issues with self worth then you might pay for things for the kids, pay for things for the dog, pay for things for your husband, but not pay for things for yourself. Yeah, I suppose that's where I come from in the sense that when there's something, I want to prove to myself that I made a good decision about it. So I make sure that it works and I 
make sure that it's my responsibility to get from it what I was hoping for when I decided to spend that money or join that thing. And yeah, that's totally a belief thing. But some of it is you've got to know, it's that thing again, of you've got to know that you're ready to step up without being quite sure what you're ready to step up for. And I think that is hard to do if you're genuinely in a position of fear and doubting that something is possible. And I think you're probably right. If that's something that you find is regularly, regularly holding you back, that perhaps needs looking at first. But I also believe that we get our self-belief and our confidence from putting ourselves in situations that we know are going to be a little bit difficult for ourselves and then proving to ourselves that it's okay and and that we can do it and that here is a new thing i mean we don't we don't start off by we don't start off by knowing all the answers to everything you get confidence by doing something new that you didn't know how to do before that's how you build confidence that's how you build confidence as a child that's how i don't know why we stop doing it as adults yes it's so true because when i get stuck with things if i get stressed out about things i just have to think have i ever failed at something like this before yeah probably i never fail at anything else but uh let's say i'm getting ready for a show um yeah have I ever failed to have enough stuff ready? No, I've always managed it, even if it feels stressful. So if I think back on that, I can think, right, so if I've always managed it before, chances are I'm going to manage it again. But if it's, like you say, only because having had those experiences, otherwise you can't have that level of confidence. So it's a vicious circle, isn't it? Because you, if you don't yeah. invest in yourself, yeah. you don't take the risk, you don't get the confidence. Yeah. And you just need to interrupt it and make it kind of spiral the other way a bit. I mean, anything that's different for you is going to feel a bit weird, isn't it? I mean, the, ver- the, the first thing that I did, it was, um, um, I think I've spoken about this, the John Williams 30-day challenge. It was the first time I'd done anything as a group online and the whole thing was weird. The whole thing was completely weird and outside my comfort zone at the time. I had no idea how any of it was going to work or what the point of was of any, but it just felt like, the right thing to do for me rather than going to see a boring career coach and sitting in an office and working out what I was going to do that way. Yeah. Yeah. So this week's question, this is a good one. Uh, and this week's question is anonymous for reasons that will become obvious when I read the question out. So the question says, what would you do if you found out that a gallery had hiked up your prices to more than that of your other galleries without letting you know. I'm in a quandary about whether to throw my toys out of the pram and I don't think the other galleries would be impressed. Mm. Well, my first reaction to this was, I won't worry about whether the other galleries are impressed. I wouldn't be impressed. I mean, I think always with galleries and I'm not in a position where I have work in lots of different galleries. It's not something that I have to manage. But I think the thing with galleries, it's always about your relationship with them. And if they've done something like this without discussing it with you, that would be something that I would want to question. I would also want to know how long has this been going on, this price hike? Have they sold any of your pieces? 
since they changed the price? And did they share that with you 50-50? And I'm kind of assuming that maybe they didn't otherwise, or they haven't sold anything. But that but equally, there might be a good thing behind it. So there might be something good behind it in the sense that they feel your work is should be valued higher, could achieve higher prices. And this is one of the reasons why perhaps, you know, we want to have our work in galleries because it will achieve a slightly higher price. But it's the kind of autonomous way that they've approached it rather than letting you in on the conversation. I mean, it's your work. This It should be something that they should be really proud to come back to you and say, you know, your work seems to be selling really well. We think we could, it could raise it. It's going to match market rates for whatever else is out there for work of this standard. I'm pretty sure we can carry on selling it with a 10% price increase. What's your feeling about it? And at that point, you're unlikely to say no, but doing it without letting you know. Hmm. Yeah, it seems to me they're either really uh, arrogant and uh, inconsiderate or incompetent uh, and somebody's just not communicated what they should have communicated but either way it's not a good sign for a working partnership so I think I agree with you I wouldn't worry about the other galleries but I would be asking for well a meeting if you're close enough or a phone conversation if you're not yeah it could be it could be just as simple as you say a slip of communication couldn't it but you know maybe person a thought that person b had discussed it with you yeah yeah because maybe person b is incompetent and just said they had when they hadn't because let's face it lots of incompetence (laughs) maybe that's maybe that's another thing what's your previous relationship with them is is this the last straw in a lot of things that they don't do particularly well or is this a kind of one-off error that you think you can recover from yeah and i think we don't know from that question whether they've actually had a discussion or not um, or whether they've just discovered this and not had the discussion yet. But the first, I think the first step is always a conversation to find out what the thinking is, because you just don't know the whole story until you dig into it. Yeah, and I, I would definitely always do that in a conversation, not in an email, yes. particularly in this situation. Yeah. And not in an email written when you've just found out, because that would be the email I would write would be like typing really fast and furious. And another thing, blah, blah, blah. I've just written one to my daughter's school like that. Well, actually, it was a very measured and calm email to my daughter's school. And my husband said, very good email. And I said, thank you very much, sensible husband. The email that I really wanted to say was... <laughs> Yeah, yeah. You don't want to do that. Send that email. No, have a conversation. And also, if you're going to have a conversation, just maybe a few points that you want to, you know, what do you need to find out from that conversation, and what do you want the resolution to be? Give yourself a little bit of planning before you do it, because, understandably, I think this is quite an emotional, emotionally charged, perhaps, situation. You don't want to get angry with them. So, throw your toys out of the pram. No, I know that was a term of speech of course it was and um yeah get angry with somebody else and have a little bit of a vent and a rant about it and then deal with it calmly and professionally i think that's perfect moving on to inside outside and what's inspired us this week so i am taking a course which started just uh it's i'm in week two now this is a course by, uh, led by a woman called Cheryl Taves. Some of you will have heard of Cheryl's a creativity coach. 
and I think this is the first time she's run her course and it's called the artist mindset and speaking of investing in yourself I wasn't sure whether this would be right for me or not um, it's a lot for people who are really stuck making art and I'm not particularly stuck you know who just don't do it but I decided to take it because I like Cheryl and because I knew I had some mindset issues around taking risks and moving my work to another level. Um, so I took it and so far so good. I've just spent a really fun morning covered in glue and collage bits and making a piece that has nothing to do with what I normally do because it was one of the exercises on the course. And I'm finding it, I'm finding it inspiring to just have this time to think about myself and not thinking about all of the other people on my courses for this last few months, tying back to the beginning again. Mm. There, is, there is a drain on your energy that comes from helping other people and I love it and I'm, I never knew I wanted to teach and I love it, but uh, it's like I've drained all the fuel out of the tank and this course is helping to put some of it back in again. It what sounds good. You? I look I look forward to seeing some of the results of that. Presumably you're going to be sharing that. Are you going to be sharing that on Instagram or are you going to keep it totally private? Oh, oh, I will when there's something. I mean, the whole first exercise was that we were not to try and make a picture that was good. Mm. So if I showed you what I came up with, it's a horrific mess, <laughs> but really good fun. Yeah. Um, so I don't think I would put that one on Instagram, but I definitely will be talking about it on my blog, I think, and showing some of the things. Um, yeah. Funny your blog articles are great oh thank you um it's funny because in some ways she's it's a similar subject to what i teach uh it is the same subject about the mindset and how you approach letting go but we're so different and the way we approach it is so completely different that um it's good for me to get that from someone else so. but that's why it's always nice to do something and get other people involved in it isn't it because other people inevitably are going to approach things differently or do things a different way than you do and you always come away from those feeling somehow kind of jiggled up and yeah 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 I'm trying to think of something that I've done or a course that I've done or a class that I've taken that I haven't got anything out of and struggling <laughs> yeah um I mean, I, perhaps I've just chosen well, but I doubt that. I think, you know, creatively and artistically, anything that feeds into the pot is, is, is a bonus, isn't it? You know? Yes. Yeah. So Great. what about you? What's been inspiring this week? Oh, well, I had a kind of um, crazy Saturday um, last week. So this is old news now. And there was, a, I think I had to put a little tiny bit on the last one of the previous episode. So the Connected Artists Club went, all the places went in 18 minutes. And as a result, <laughs> it was quite funny. I was in a taxi with a giant painting and trying to change website pages on a tiny phone screen. <laughs> it's like when the Rolling Stones announce a concert. <laughs> <laughs> oh, honestly, I wasn't expecting that at all. But the lovely thing about it has been, so we've had one welcome call so far, um, had a few technical issues with that afterwards. But seeing, again, it's that thing, isn't it, that combined energy and seeing what everybody is working on or they want to be doing with their art practice. It's just so inspiring and it feels a little bit nerve-wracking that people are 
looking to me <laughs> for answers but equally it's incredible to see everybody being supportive of each other and you know that's something that I've just got to get over and deal with myself because I know that some of the stuff I share makes a big difference for people because we see the results but very very much but but perhaps again it's that same thing if you don't always know what it's going to be when you're at the beginning of it so you know all of this stuff you know I'm doing it the same as you know we're all doing it we're all doing it at our own different paces at our own different stages but it's been really inspiring watching everybody come in and you know getting some of the lovely messages after people have seen what's in there so that's been amazing actually you're super inspiring in that from that because I remember contacting you what I don't know 18 months ago and you said I'm thinking of setting up a little Facebook group because I just want a place to talk to a few other artists and I'm just mm. going to keep it small and that mm. was your art explorers group and I joined that and then it just kept growing and going. When I first joined, it was like 20 people or something. And you, mm. and you, you kept saying, I can't believe it's still growing. And it just kept growing. And then I remember, and I'm going to claim credit for this, because I said you would be a really good teacher. And I sent you a message and said, couldn't you do something, you know, where you teach? And you said, oh, I don't, I don't know, maybe. And then a bit later, only a few months later, you said, oh, there might be something in the pipeline. And... But it all started from that little group, which I remember you saying was just to have some company. Yeah. Um, and that's, again, a perfect example of how you don't know what's going to happen. But the, the people who've come into the group seem, you know, just really keen and just like a really good bunch. So you've got I mean, what, what's really fascinating for me is, you know, there are some people who have come in who, to be honest, I look at them and I think, you're further ahead than I am, you know, yeah. <laughs> there, there's people who are making, who make beautiful work. And yet I know it's this thing, isn't there? If there's something that you're looking for and you kind of see it in somebody else and, and, and you want to have a bit of it. And that's, I think that's a perfectly okay reason. Sometimes we get this, um, almost reflected glow is not the right thing but just by putting ourselves in a different situation gives us the momentum and the spurring on perhaps that we need to do certain things for ourselves. yeah and they, they, they may make beautiful work but they may need help with organization or marketing or they may just need support from other artists and what you're building is just a really supportive group of like I said last week people who are very serious about this um, they might be all at different stages, but they're committed. Um, yeah. And so that's a that's a nice. You're on the same wavelength in the sense that you're all committed to an art career of some kind. And I just think that's it's a really powerful thing to put people together who are like that. Yeah, and it's the same thing that we were talking about before, isn't it? In, in that you, you've got to commit to yourself that you're going to do something before you feel ready for it and you know I've never made any bones about that fact with this group or anything else that I've done because I, I absolutely know that I don't have all the answers and things are going to change in 18 months or two years or five years time I mean I haven't yeah. got a five-year plan I can't think that far ahead yeah. all I can think of is what feels right to do now and um, that's sort of how I make all my decisions and if things go wrong I work out another way of dealing with them 
and turn it around so that there is something beneficial that has come out of it. Oh, one thing that I will say, one thing that I will say is anybody who did, who did miss out, and I'm really sorry, um, I'm working on some kind of plan thing which will which will go out to anybody who was on that wait list so that you won't you're not left out completely i don't i don't know yet when it's going to open up again so i can't give you any promises on that i'm afraid right so that wraps it up for us you can find both of us on our websites just look us up on google or on facebook or instagram um, we would love you to share this. If you're listening on iTunes, you can just go down to the bottom of the podcast, look for the three little dots, and that will allow you to share this to wherever you want to share it. Um, we'd also love to hear from you. If you have a question, you can submit it uh, at bit.ly slash artjuicepodcast. Thank you very much for listening. We've really enjoyed it. And I will see you next week, Alice. See you then. Bye-bye. Bye. You should, you should probably edit this out, but I remember when I was at university having an argument with, not an argument, a discussion with my mum uh, justifying the fact that buying weed for a joint was cheaper <laughs> than going out drinking beer. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. You went like that. I thought you were going shh too loud. I know. No, I was <laughs> okay. just trying to get the giggles for some reason. <laughs> oh, no. I don't know why. Today of all days. <laughs> oh no. It's, it's, it's like those bits we used to get sent out of school for laughs. <laughs> Thank you.